Welcome to Thick Boy Fight Club. I'm your Balkan boy. Tyson the Beast. And today we have a very special guest, a very special athlete, a blessed athlete, Angelina Blessed. Hi, guys. How you doing? How are you? Thank good, you for having good. me. Thanks for coming. And before we start, we're just going to do our Thick Boy uh, uh, restaurant shout outs. Uh, for me, it's a uh, shout out to Saman. She introduced us to Emmanuel Burgers. Um, I think they have a location in Scarborough, but we went to the one in Mississauga. They do like halal meats. It's a uh, like Pakistani uh, owned, but they do like burger styles. And um, the lamb burger is to die for. Ooh. The holy basil lamb burger, steak sandwiches. They got beef, chicken, and lamb. Excellent spot. Uh, for me, another Etobicoke Lakeshore spot, Woody's Burger, uh, right there in that Long Branch Lakeshore area, right near me. Uh, considered one of the best burger spots in uh, Toronto. They have everything from bison burgers. They have um, vegan options for burgers. They have all kinds of different stuff. Um, they're really well known for their sweet potato fries as well right there. Uh, they're connected to a few other restaurants and like an ice cream spot right there in the location. So fireplace. Awesome. I'm going to give a big shout to Thai Nayam, which is uh, 1419 yes. Bloor Street yes. West. Um, they do three items a day, super authentic, uh, real Thai food. So that's just at Bloor and Lansdowne. So, uh, she, yeah, she Walk. does three things a day, and it keeps it super, super authentic. Yeah, and I yeah. appreciate it. I shouted them out last week, actually. Yeah, literally. Nice. I was they, like, uh, nice. They, uh, nice. Fire. Yeah, the chef special. I yeah. actually check it pretty often. I'm like, oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah, and the best mango sticky rice. Great choice. I need yeah. to still go there. Yeah, so Angelina, uh, I've known her for a while. We met, actually, um, at the cannabis markets, but we also know each other from from fighting. She is a professional Muay Thai fighter and also the uh, owner and creator of Blessed Edibles. Um, And she is a huge advocate of cannabis as treatment for athletes. So yeah, why don't you um, just introduce yourself and a little bit about your martial arts journey before we get. Um, I started doing Muay Thai in 2005. And uh, it was, I was not an athlete. I did not come from any sort of athletic background at all. I was a raver. (laughs) And I kind of just got tired of doing that and needed to sober up a bit, but still had a lot of energy to burn. So I started running. I started running and none of that felt really great. And then I ended up wanting to do something else. So I met uh, Ajahn Suchart at a little place on Bloor Street West. We trained a little bit. And I just slowly fell in love with, uh, with Thai culture, uh, went through a breakup and in, I guess it was the year after the tsunami. So 2006 ended up on a plane and headed to Chiang Mai. So, you know, oh, probably super authentic one, Muay Thai. Pardon me? Chiang Mai, authentic Muay like Thai. Like super player, authentic. Yeah. I was picked up at the airport by a man who did not speak English. I did not speak a lick of Thai. And uh, he told me to be back at the gym for six o'clock. I was chased by stray dogs. You know, you could just hear the roosters. I was just a little white girl from from Toronto and had no idea what I had gotten myself fucking into. And we just started. So it was, you know, a month of training there, head home. And then uh, the second time that I came back the next winter, I fought. So, uh, oh, that's pretty fast. It was it was fast. I looking back, had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And I think most of my fights over my professional journey had kind of been like that with all heart and, you know, learning technique as I went. Uh, So there was a lot of kind of ups and downs with that. But with that comes um, recovery and pain and uh, training fatigue that we all kind of go through. And I think coming up through the years of training and fighting, we weren't really taught about recovery at all. We were all taught how to have harder heads and be tougher and be stronger and be faster and all of that shit. But there was no like 
Um, I think the biggest realization for me was finding out that the recovery was just as important as the training, if not more. Exactly. What you do. So um, it really became about that. So after years of training and fighting, my body really broke down and I didn't understand it. A lot of it became more mental. So, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'll take a day off and take the day off and then not really feel much better the next day. So that's when things like uh, Float Toronto kind of came in Mm -hmm. and uh, edibles came in. And I was just like, I didn't know what to do. I was living a super, super, super clean, healthy lifestyle, like no sugar, no nothing, no weed. So, you know, I just didn't really know what to do when this, you know, you'd roll over at night and you'd wake yourself up because the pain in your body is sore and you're not getting rest and you're waking up and you're crying and you don't know why everything fucking hurts. So that's when, um, like I was training with Simon Marcus and those boys at the time over at CM number one and they'd all go out every single morning and smoke mad blunts. And I just like, what the fuck are those guys doing? Total stigma bullshit. Kush warriors. Kush warriors. And it worked. And they'd come in and they'd run and they'd clinch and they'd go. And I'm just like, these guys are terrible. You know, and I'm like, they were doing it. And then I'm like, fuck it. I got to do it. So I went home, smoked a joint. All right. Yeah. My body feels okay. I feel a little better. Then you get a little bit more rest. And then you eat a little better the next day. And it just kind of started to do that. So I started... Didn't really want to smoke, though. I always had sensitive lungs. You know, I partied way too hard. And so I started making butter. And then I started making cookies. And then I started taking way too heavy naps because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing well, at the time. You were just feeling good. You're like, <laughs> I like, I like this. I'm going to keep going. Seven-hour nap? Eat. Great. Okay. Uh, so I started bringing cookies to the gym for the boys. And then uh, they started going out to a couple of dispensaries because, you know, still super black market at the time. Um, and the it got green into... Rush. Right, yeah, got into yeah. my girlfriend Amy Weinstein's hands, and then she got them into uh, Damien uh, Abraham's hands, and he was the guy from Vice. So he did a documentary called um, Cannabis Culture, uh, Cannabis Candyland. So it was all about that's the edibles first, makers. That's when I first yeah, heard yeah. about it. So I went yeah. online, I went into the ring with Damien and like beat the crap out of him like legitimately we had to film it a couple times and I actually beat him up and then we went I took him into the kitchen and we uh and then I made him a bunch of cookies so that got like a million views (laughs) and then uh they got voted the cookies got voted uh number two edible in Canada so like a lot of kind of stuff kind of happened and then then with the markets and with you guys helping us out at the markets I just kind of grew and I felt that we were a little bit different because we really wanted to talk to people about how they were medicating and the milligrams that they were going into it and, and what ingredients people wanted to actually eat. Yeah. Like you were putting, that's why your edibles were the best because they were like vegan edibles, healthy stuff. Most edibles that were at the market time were like packed full of sugar. Well, we were really, unhealthy stuff. Your focus was different. We really wanted to be able to have a little bit of a treat, but not have to ingest an entire chocolate bar while we were trying to maintain our, our fight weights. So that, that just made sense for me. I didn't want to eat an entire cereal bar, but I definitely wanted the the relaxation benefits and the good benefits and the health benefits. But I didn't want to like throw back 500 calories kind of trying to get there to do so. So And you don't even have to be a fighter to see the value in that way, right? A lot of people who now, because I mean, obviously there was a stigma behind edibles that now people have realized like, oh, this can help me with my sleep, right. anxiety. I mean, a lot well, of you people know, don't want a bunch of sugar. You don't have to be a fighter. Uh, I want, I want, want one piece of... of chocolate to replace a glass of wine. Exactly. Or like if you're taking a Xanax at night, if your anxiety is shitty, like I want, like how about you take, uh, have a bite of a cookie instead. Yeah. Like it's just the same kind of, just get the medicine into you in a different sort of way. If I can drink a glass of water and get the same medicine, I'm going to do that way too. better for you right. than taking the Xanax and all these things yeah so you kind of so your recovery thing you went sh- you kind of jumped sh- straight to the edible thing like because I know for me and him I my I knew about edibles and 
was around it and didn't even think about it for recovery. I was still on the, you know, the ice baths, the massages. You kind of jumped straight I went to, to... I went straight to edibles because oh, wow. I had a bad... Um, I had, like, my lungs were never great. So I, as soon as I started smoking, I kind of felt it right away. Um, so I, you know, like, I'll smoke a blunt a day. But, uh, you know, I smoke a little bit of a bong, but I do mostly prefer to stick to edibles. Yeah. And did you have any, like, a specific injury or issue that really pushed you over into that? Or was it just, like, an accumulation of... It was of... really an accumulation. Okay. Um, but there were there was a really bad concussion. And okay. then um, I think my, like, it was, like, my cortisol levels kind of crapped out. Like, I was tired all the time. I was feeling pain in my body all the time. And a day or two off here and there wouldn't really fix it. I was probably, like... Uh, magnesium depleted so the getting the float tank in there like almost automatically made me feel better and they say most women well especially athletes are like are depleted in magnesium so you sweat it out too much yeah. just con- I'm, I'm sweaty all the time, like, I'm just all the time. so <laughs> it's um yeah it's really important to kind of replace those things and I wasn't replacing I'm sure like we were walking around thinking that eating like spinach and like chicken breast was the diet plan and all of that has changed with high fat content and thinking about like hydrating our brains you know we were super i was dehydrated for so long depleted for so long of course you're going to get head injuries yeah like there's no there's no cushion like how can you how can you live there so and so you're still very much enthralled in the muay thai community and I know for me coming back here, it's a bigger community than a lot of places. And I realized that a lot of people still don't realize how important this is. Like when I came back here, some of the way I saw people training was kind of, you know, still old school. Do you like, like what have you experienced now that you're so well known for this recovery? Like, do you still see a lot of issues with the way some people are training? Like, Oh, for sure. You know, like when you kind of look back into the warm up of a usual Muay Thai workout, it's not about uh, finding mobility within the body. It's just kind of like getting warm and going. Get sweat. You know, go. You know, uh, did you like, and I'm a little older, so like I can't just like skip for three minutes and go smash it. Like I have to do. Yeah, there's got to be prehab. 30 30 to 40 minutes of hip mobility, shoulder mobility, warming my body up, you know, like is everything moving properly? I can't just go hit the bag anymore. Like those days are long gone. You know, like I got all creaking hips and stuff like that. You got to warm it up. So yeah. Yeah. I find marijuana was like, I've been a marijuana athlete for a long time. What, even before I knew about <laughs> Even before I was an athlete. <laughs> before even before we athlete. talked about so, it. So I mean, um, but I found like it was always helped me with like the management of pain and the management of, of, of training. And, yeah. you know, I smoke up um, right up to the, to the end of the fights and shout out to like Elias for being like the first uh, sanctioned yeah. um, uh, athlete with the medical exemption for marijuana. Cause like, you know, I would smoke the night, the night before a fight. Cause like, it's great. Like I felt great um, for Still the rehydration, that, for the rehydration, for the relaxation, for eating more, for getting better rest. And I mean, um, I, I've had knee injuries and knee surgeries and they wanted to put me on like Ugh. Percocets and oxycodone. And I, within a few days was like, oh, I'm, I'm way better off just just hitting a bong or like smoking weed. Absolutely. We usually are way better off smoking a bong. Um, I've been offered every pill, you know, like just and pills that weren't necessarily even necessary for the pain that exactly. i was having that's the worst you know part. like you could have probably told me to go home and take some advil but you've sent me home with oxy you know i've had you know i've gone to the hospital with whiplash and you know me saying like i don't even take advil and they've given me like oxy and something else where i'd had to be like i had to call somebody can you come get me because i'm fucking wrecked like i'm not <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. like that's not how i want to feel and four days on oxy caused massive amount of problems oh my God. Yeah. so and that yeah. was taking it for four days and that was me with like major whiplash. So it's it 
causes so many more problems. And like as Elias has said, like it's he was given every single pill. You know, they tried to give him every single pill when something as easy as cannabis could have just been a, a way better reflection. I don't know why that's not the first thing to go go for. Right? I mean, we all yeah. know the political reasons and stuff, but I mean, you would want to start with something as mild as marijuana to, to manage your pain before moving to more drastic measures like opiates. Right. <laughs> well, one of the first like major pioneers about this was uh, Ricky Williams. Yes. And, um, you know, he played here in Toronto. One of the greatest running backs of all time. And in my opinion, career ruined because they were trying to force packs on all these terrible drugs that I was throwing. He just wanted to smoke. Yeah. And you now fast forward to think about how great he was. And now everyone's so realizing about the science. Like, I know you've gotten to deal with him because he's he was up here for a little bit. Like, like, what's your opinion now that, like, guys like him went through that and now athletes are actually getting exemptions and... Well, like, like massive shout-out to Ricky because he... Um, he sacrificed a He lot. sacrificed, you know, he got kicked out of the NFL, had to come to the CFL. Um, but he's taken such a... He's such a... He's such a good representation of the cannabis market where he has completely changed his life within it too because like the whole, I'm sure, go harder, go faster, get head injuries has <laughs> yeah. changed into him being like a um, a holistic Chinese doctor. Literally, he He's is. doing astrology readings. Like when I saw him when he was here, he gave me a full like osteopathic treatment. We meditated. Like, he's dude, like a shaman now. Dude is a shaman and like... <laughs> and he's like Jack still. He's, he a, just he's like, a Jack he's, shaman. So yeah. bless him for bringing that kind of positivity to the world and just really doing the work, you know, and that's what it's about, about doing the work that we didn't think we had to do. Yeah, because I saw him on a podcast recently and he actually, this is like more proof of the type of guy is he actually said he's grateful for what the NFL did. He goes, they saved me so many years of pain and a lot of guys, you know, I could have stayed in the NFL and did what they wanted and you know, he goes, people, some people might look at what happened to me as a victim. He goes, I'm 10 times happier for the path it put me on. He's right. Like, imagine if he stayed and continued to grind and continued to get head injuries. And like, we may not have heard of him because he could have just like disappeared into oh, the Oh, he's just world. been one of the greatest running backs of all time. And I think a lot of people still look at that as, I, I look at it differently. Like, I think he would have been a top five guy. He was, he was that level. But, you know, what does that really mean once the lights are off? Like, look at all, how many of these top level guys, you know, the junior sales of the world who, they got all those accolades you think you made, you retire, and then they, you know, they deal with all these issues and he's taken such a positive spin on what happened to him because he went through hell over this all because yeah. he wanted to smoke. Right. Yeah. It was such a crazy story. What happened to him? Yeah. It's so good. It's so good that he's, he's made it so far and he's, you know, he's doing so great with his company. Yeah. Um, I think it's called, uh, uh, like Ricky wellness or RW, uh, RWC, I believe. And like, he's just, he's just killing it. And you know, he's he's living a really happy life, being able to do what he's wanted to do now. So. Yeah, I didn't know you did uh, osteopaths. I didn't know you actually got treatment from him. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. we spoke on a panel together. I guess it was like 2000. I remember that. That's yeah. what made me think about it because I, I was always a big fan of him before all that nonsense. Yeah. And even when he was getting in trouble, I didn't realize the benefits that he... I thought he was really... I'm not going to lie. At the time, I thought he was just looking for an excuse to smoke weed, right? Stigma. Like, Stigma okay, 100%. I, smoke, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I was smoking weed. at the time, too, but I was kind of like, oh, that's slick, bro. <laughs> well played. Medicinal, well yeah. played. And then I started fighting. I was like, oh, like, he wasn't... Yeah, like, I don't know he, what I would do he really without... He really meant that. Yeah. yeah like, like, what would he do without weed? I don't know what I would do without without weed, like, to maintain some of the stuff I do. Well, you would... You would like I said, you would do what a, lot, what a lot of people do is end up... Like, I don't take Advil and stuff like that at all. And I, I didn't realize how common it is for some people to take it, like, every week. Every, like, it's all just the kind time, of a right? thing. Well, I, I think most people probably, like, if anybody's dealing with any sort of pain, they're probably taking Advil a day. They like, don't even think, think about it, yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't realize don't. it was that common. I thought you had to have a... Like a special, for I me, know like, like, like like an apple, the, an apple the, like, the spliff a day keeps the pain away. Yeah, I don't like, even think about it. And some it people anymore. don't have that spliff. 
Like think, you're like, wow, I don't believe it. You know, it's true. It's true. Some people don't smoke weed. Well, it's, yeah, no, it's true. But at least here in Toronto, you know, we are like blessed, no pun intended, yeah. for the situation we are up here yeah. because yeah, a lot of places in the States, it's still hell, right? No, and, just like even in Thailand, you know, where I can go and talk to any of the foreigners and everybody's really open about talking about cannabis, but the Thai trainers, like you can't talk to them about it. They don't have an understanding. It's like talking to them about drugs, like they don't want to know that you're in the cannabis industry. They don't want to. So isn't like, and you guys know ask, you've been to, You've been to Thailand 16 times. Like, can you get weed there to smoke? Is it? Uh, you can. In Phuket, no problem. Uh, of all of, but all it's the absolutely right? the scariest thing you've ever done. Because <laughs> like, you can go to the reggae bars and purchase weed. They'll roll you a joint for like bars. $15. <laughs> and, but the cops are waiting outside. So if you're dumb enough to leave the premises with it, yeah, you're going to get arrested and you're going to have to pay the cops off. Wow. So it, everyone just smokes it only at the bars. Yeah. And it's not like a massive thing. Like you don't, you know, it's just kind of the underground thing that you talk about and it's an okay thing to do. But, you know, you will go to jail if you can't pay them off. So I understand like the legal thing because that's a lot of governments. But for the fighters and the trainers, do you not think it's an irony that so many like uh, Thai fighters smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol and yet the idea of smoking a joint is a problem? Like I would assume for training alcohol and cigarettes. It's just stigma. They just just haven't seen it. You know, isn't that kind of crazy that the stigma is that strong to where they think cigarette and alcohol is okay but a joint isn't right yeah they they didn't grow up with seeing the kind of things that we've seen yeah right so it's not things have changed here so drastically i used to smoke weed when i would go to the movies we'd like go to the forest behind the the burger king (laughs) and like watch me and everyone's in a circle smoking and now i'm hitting the vaporizer inside the movie right (laughs) look at you moving up in the world eh? yeah I'm sorry. Look at him. He's, he's, like, proud, yeah, he's himself, proud of himself. That's yeah. all I ever wanted. But I was like, especially with the, you know, I, obviously because I was a fighter, like obviously I, I trained Muay Thai, but it's a much bigger culture here. And like when I realized how big of a thing it was to just drink all the time and like fight every week, I was just like, how is that? Like that to me is crazy. That, but then smoking a joint's a problem. It's just kind of weird to me. You know I mean, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, hopefully the stigma. I believe well, the stigma is really lightening up slowly because you know Thailand is now legalized for medicinal, uh, which is really awesome, and they're talking about uh, legalizing for stigma. tourists. So you can go now and get a medical license in in Phuket and awesome. and be served weed from a dispensary type store. Um, they nice. are growing hemp. Nice. Uh, they do have CBD fields. They're starting with. So I really believe that as soon as Thailand really realizes the uh, the monetary greatness that will come with cannabis and their tourism industry oh, tourism is just going to blow up, right? Especially with places like Phuket, where it is ninety percent tourists and foreigners yeah, there. Well, you right? see it so, now when I was in Jamaica, like they're starting to open up dispensaries, yeah, they, like they proper dispensaries. They should have been doing this yeah. a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. For a place like Jamaica to not jump yeah. on this versus beyond yeah. anybody's common sense. There's some great LPs out of Jamaica. So Herb's yeah. there. They're really awesome. So you, you've been around since, like you said, the, the Green Rush. And like, so what's it like? Because I know what it's like for me to, you know, I'm from here and I know what it's like to come back and visit. It was always more free. It's crazy now the situation we're in. But what was it like actually being in the industry when it was, you know, gray or black market to where it is now where now everybody yeah, wants to involve your trading moved. style. It's like you took a lot of sacrifices and chances to be where you are. And now to see... And you're going legit now. So accepted, right? Like, what, yeah. what's that kind of like to have been... It's one thing to see it as a user, but another thing to be in, you know, on the other side of it from both. I, um... Yeah, it's been a trip. Yeah, <laughs> like I, it's, I uh, heard some stories. So, 
It's um, some weed. Like, I'll let you tell them. I don't. <laughs> like just starting out, like I didn't, I didn't want to sell weed. Like I didn't feel that I was a drug dealer or anything like that. I was making cookies for friends. So like, <laughs> and, and the donuts. But they treated too. you like a freaking <laughs> but, the bed. But it Drop was the donuts. Um, you know, it was. It did end up kind of getting scary because some of these green markets were getting. You know, like we would have undercovers coming through and stuff like that. And we were. You know, it yep. was. I know I was doing security. Yeah, and you were. We were that, you, and you guys were in charge. Yeah, that's. Funny. I uh, feed you donuts all day, and I was hoping oh that you'd my have God. my back. You know? I, I brought so. this guy to work one time, and we, were doing, we did dab hits, and I was like, "There is no that. security anymore. <laughs> security is useless." Boss, I, <laughs> you do what the boss tells you. You know, just take them for the team. I can't walk anymore, but. The yeah. ones at Pursuit OCR were the best. The ones at the, the, the Pursuit was a um, a massive like adult playground. So it was like thousands of square feet. I love that place. With like um, ball pits and A great place to, to do edibles. Great place to do edibles. <laughs> Somebody did throw up in that or, ball pit. Or but, um, <laughs> definitely wasn't from your edibles though. It's probably no, from the definitely sugary, not sugary brownie ones. It must have been the sugary brown ones, yeah. But um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been really fun and hard, but moving into the legal world has been a really amazing learning experience because you have to end up in all the crazy corporate meetings with all the uh, venture capitalists and stuff like that. That so, know nothing about weed, but are just here. That know, they know absolutely nothing about weed and want to know everything that you want to know. And so I had took a lot of meetings like that and just really had to try to find the partnership that was going to make the most sense where I still hold on to a big percentage of my company, but still have the backing to do the things that I want to do. I yeah. didn't want to like, you know, sell out and then have to do like a super sugar cookie or, you know, super preservative. So I've been able to maintain the integrity of the products, which is really dope. So we are launching the two legal products in the next couple months. Um, and packaging and stuff like that will still be uh, plan and actions because it's not going to be the final, final product, but I'm just really excited to get two products out on the market that Congratulations. Everybody. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. You deserve it. What are, the, what are the two products? So we're launching with a lemon water. Nice. Um, the water is, absorbs so quickly, I got to say. Yeah, like, we've uh, we've sourced a really cool technology. So uh, those edibles will hit within 10 minutes. And uh, so as soon as you drink it, it'll... it'll do you do like a THC-CBD combination? Yeah. So we started with the whole kind of train, treat, repeat philosophy. So training, I want to do like, um, say, about 10 milligrams of THC, do about 3 milligrams of CBD. Treat would be like a full CBD line. And then repeat would be more of a balanced line, like a one-to-one. -one. It's one just so there will be options for kind of everybody. Uh, 10 milligrams is the legal, Ugh. the legal milligram dose. So for, for people like us, that's not so for people much. like us, it really doesn't, but for the general pop public, it's a great start. You know, like all of us, done. all of us medical users or people that have used for a long time. It's, um, you know, the, I'm, I'm really excited to show the new people to get the moms in, to get people who have never touched it. You know, people who are really looking for more of a experience with it and then you know i'm thinking in in the next year or two they're going to lighten it up because you can walk into the lcbo and walk out with all of the 151 all the alcohol, yeah. i could buy all of the alcohol of lcbo if i wanted to right now and they wouldn't stop me how many people could that kill right yep. if i bought all the weed in one of the stores right now could i hurt anybody no, no. not a single person <laughs> there's an irony that right but it's but that's kind of the thing it's yeah it's the irony of the difference between the view of alcohol and yeah. marijuana it's still it's a very it's a very arbitrary like but they've They've taken the safest possible approach to edibles. 10 milligrams. 10 milligrams. I mean, that is... Well, this is funny. For a guy who's done security, right? And you've done it at both bars and 
I've never you had know, an issue at any, right? of, these, like, any of the weed events. If you're a security guard, the idea that like we have to keep everybody like no, if I'm doing security, I want you guys all as because alcohol this way, is my yeah. That's why I, I have I have less incidents at those dance hall parties because everybody's smoking yeah, weed like, inside <laughs> them. Yeah, like, <laughs> along with the that's why along with the security drinking. was the alcohol part like the bar. Like, I'm more worried about that. Nobody stone is gonna be fighting you. Like nobody stone is gonna be fighting. They're not there for that either. Like if that's your vibe to go to one of these markets, like you have to really disrespect somebody that's started fighting one of those. I think alcohol is the most destructive social drug i mean it's yeah, it's probably it's it's on par it's on par with like heroin and heavy opiates but in a way it causes it causes out though, so it, yeah they pass out and they o- they pass out and they they od and things like that but with alcohol like yeah. the the social um consequence of it like the fights and like the the, the drinking and driving like I there's mean, just it's probably the most destructive domestically like. it's probably worse than and, that's and as like, a fighter and an athlete you know there's literally nothing that'll take a harder toll on your body yeah, it breaks your body drinking. down more than anything else it makes it hard for you to sleep it dehydrates you like Absolutely. we were talking about i like, mean it's hard i, I guys that can train for your liver. over i yeah. give them mad props you know Luke the dude. Luke, I was just thinking, like, <laughs> like, uh, shout out to our boy Luke, like, uh, the, like the master. Few, few guys like that, but I mean, I can't do it. You gotta be built differently. That's like the that's the old Thai trainer business, you know. If your Thai trainer doesn't smell like whiskey, I'm just like, isn't you know, that crazy too? Yeah. But that's He's like not authentic. You don't want to. Yeah, I'm like, no, why are you holding fast? Yeah, you need to smell like yeah. cigarettes and whiskey and just like hate life. And ha- yeah, and yeah. have like a deep raspy voice and just that's scream what I want. at me as that's I hit fast. So that's what I want in life. Like the logic behind it. And so, like, well, they lived a hard life, right? So those trainers have trained probably like from twelve until twenty-five. You know, had their bunch of fights, and now they're three hundred fights. They've had their three hundred fights, and now they just want to smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey, and that's their life. Yeah. So, with what's going on the past year, um, you know, I'm obviously people's business have been affected, but I've also been hearing about in the states at least there's been statistics about more people aren't using prescription drugs, more people on all these things because of anxiety, as you can imagine. Have you been noticing a difference in your bit? You know, I mean, because obviously, if I had a friend who was telling me, hey, I'm about to go to the doctor and take X, Y, Z for my anxiety, I'd rather send them to you before seeing them on Xanax, right? So, oh, 100%. 100%. I think, like, I am no doctor, but I. I really feel that mental health is failing in this world. Especially right now. Like, like right now, I think it's it's at a really, really terrible point. Uh, People are very unwell. Racism is fucking rampant. And people are not handling COVID like people I've me myself in therapy once a week am still hundred percent struggling, even though I've given myself the time and the space to work on the things that I need. Like I, like I was so excited to come in to see you guys, to look oh. at some humans, you know, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I haven't seen well, people. We, we I see, I see my partner, way, like, like I see my partner at night, but like I, you know, I'll go to the local market and get my few things, but I'm not seeing people. So like, but it's like, people aren't well, my girlfriends message me and I feel like everybody is having a good day and then a bad day. And on the yeah. bad days they're reaching out. And then on the good days, you know, we're all just trying to hold each other up right now. And yeah. I don't feel like anybody's really standing. Yeah. Uh, people are really like, do I need medication? Do I not need medication? Like don't do medication eat fucking mushrooms, yeah. smoke some weed, like get your exercise, get outside, get vitamin D, get some social interactions. Yeah. I'm glad I have people like Tyson to train with. I mean, and I'm glad I smoke weed every day. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> why we wanted you on. This is why like having you on and because you're awesome, right? Just overall, like <laughs> you. you just are right. Yeah. When you said that story about like, yeah, kicking like, his ass and making cookies for him after I was like, that's the perfect uh, <laughs> description of Angela. Two like, years one of the ago, toughest I would have wanted you know, on the podcast, right? One of the nicest girls. You yeah. Know, but like right now, after. I just felt like it was really important to like showcase what you're doing and how long you've been doing it. Because, uh, you know, like you said, there's a lot of new people who kind of don't know what the fuck they're doing. And I think people who are kind of 
wanting to dabble in that as opposed to going to the doctor need to hear from people who you've been doing this a long time you kind of like you said you're more into the idea of recovery than you know some high experience and it's not about just being high for you right so that was another reason we wanted you on here so bad my whole life i thought that i went to go and do muay thai to be strong and it's really not about that at all. And when you look around the gym and you see the people that you train with, everyone is there for mental fucking health. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone totally. is there, totally. is there to get out of their head for an hour and a half and put everything they have on something. And, and you can't think about shit. And feel accomplished. And if, yeah. you, if you can go and think about your issue with your job or your partner you're not training, you're not training, hard, hard, you're not yeah. training hard enough yeah. so get to fucking work fully puts you yeah. in the moment yeah um so where, where can people reach out to you um obviously we're gonna put your instagram there but like where else can people find your products where can people reach out to you like yeah our products will be um our products will should be across canada over the next couple of months so that should awesome. be through the ocs um we are probably starting out west uh just because the markets are a little bit bigger out there for us right now uh you can reach us at blessed edibles on instagram or uh blessededibles.com or you can reach me at angelina.blessed on instagram awesome awesome yeah. all right so before we go um we want to shout out all our uh, sponsors um, huge shout out to Top Mutt Studios, our girl Fallon. Uh, congrats again. I'm going to keep giving you props for that. Big love. Love this place. Uh, just for kicks, uh, my guy Sean Allen, if you guys need all the exclusive kicks, these cool little sneaker uh, sock, whatever, uh, what do you call them, house shoes. Papuche um, in Bosnia. Uh, my guy's major pack in Kansas City. Who else? My we got Kangen Water. We got Blessed Edibles. My guy uh, Matt Special, you know, helping Bearded all the bites. fighters cut weight, bearded bikes. <laughs> He said, "Bless our elbows." Yeah, Hopefully, I'll take it. I'll wink, take wink. It. <laughs> yeah, it was and, uh, I'm about to enjoy this blessed edibles. It's not a legit blessed edibles. It's not a legit blessed edibles. That's just a it's friend making. Her, it's a friendly, it's a friendly brownie. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for uh, coming. Yeah, um, absolute pleasure, guys. Here. Like I said, yeah. don't be a stranger. Come see us anytime. Um, and guys, uh, make sure to check her out. Um, like I said, this is really important right now. I think more people need to hear this as opposed to what they're trying to give you. For what's going on right now the you know mental health side so definitely go check out uh angelina blessed um and yeah see you guys on the next one